At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. In this episode, you'll learn about Nuka Sinha, who is a very talented photographer and someone whose work I've been following for a very long time. We had an awesome conversation, which was full of inspiration and very educational content that I think will inspire many of you. Please enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Great Big Photography World Podcast. I'm very excited to introduce you all to our new guest, Nuka Sinha. She's an incredible portrait photographer, fashion photographer. She's done so many incredible things, and I've been a fan of hers for as long as I can remember. She was one of my first favorites in the photography world. I discovered her on Flickr, and we became friends, and we exchanged prints when I was back in Cyprus, and it was a really nice time because I got to learn so much from her, even just by looking at her pictures. So I'm very, very happy to have her in this interview. Welcome, Nuka. Thank you so much. That is uh, the sweetest introduction ever. Thank you. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, just uh, talk about the equipment you use and where you're currently living. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Nukasina, as Taya said, and I am originally from the Netherlands, but I'm currently live in Berlin, Germany. I use a, a Canon 60 Mark II. I've been using Canon from the very start and have gone through a couple of different of their cameras. I started with the Rebel XCI and the, then I went to the 60D. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of prime lenses. So I have the 50 millimeter and the 85 millimeter and a 30 millimeter. And my normal <laughs> daily life, I'm a product designer. And then I do photography on the side. And I've been doing that for, well, I guess, oh my God, 15 years now. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's an awesome introduction, and you've done so much in your life, and I'd love to know what drew you to photography, what inspired you to get into that specifically? It's actually one of those moments that I remember so clearly. I had been writing poetry back when I was around 13, like 12, 13. I was just in high school, and we had all these projects around writing, and I was Googling to find a picture that fit one of my poems, and I stumbled upon the work of three young girls back then 
Um, one of the main ones that you might know is Laura Jade. She's now mm-hmm. a famous fashion photographer. The two other girls are not active anymore, sadly. But I stumbled upon their work and they're, they made self-portraits. And I just looked at it and they were so emotional and so open and vulnerable. And I just thought to myself, like, that's how I want to be able to express myself. And that's when I borrowed my mom's camera and just kind of played around and saved up some money to play around with my own camera. And that's how I got started. It was really a way to express myself. Wow. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Larjay was one of the first photographers that I also saw. And I was so amazed by her self-portraits. And now she's a fashion photographer who's really thriving. So it is interesting to see these similarities between portrait photographers, like where they get their inspiration from. It's really nice that you were able to link poetry to photography in that sense. Yeah, it's it's been really fun seeing Lara's work and and journey. And I, I've actually spoken to multiple people who say that she was an early on inspiration. So I think it's it's very cool to see people, yeah, have a similar background in that way. Yeah, we can all bond over our love for her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I really like that you have a diverse mix of skills within the photography world. So you all have taken photos of musicians, people, buildings, which I really love, um, landscapes and a lot more. You also have very eye-catching self-portraits. What advice would you give to someone who wants to expand their skills and get into a new genre? So I would say just do it. I mean, I think, of course, every genre of photography has its own sets of skills and kind of maybe rules or things to really keep in, in mind. Like I would say architectural photography, for example, has a lot of things that maybe you won't learn in portrait photography. But I also believe that if you're a creative in one field, you can bring everything you've learned from that and bring it to a new field and bring your own view and perspective on it. So I, for example, without ever having done any food photography, I volunteered for a charity cookbook to make the food photography there. And it was so much fun. And you can still apply the things that you learn about lighting and shadows and colors and what is eye-catching and what's attractive. And I think as a human, you, you can probably kind of evaluate how attractive food looks in a picture without truly known food photography. So just use all the little pieces of knowledge that you have and try it out and practice and get better look at people who do it really well and and take inspiration from that. But I always think that you're capable of more than what you think you're capable of. So just do it. That's a brilliant answer. should publish that in a book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I really like that. And you're very right. I completely agree with you in the sense that um, every genre is somehow connected. And of course, every genre has its own unique characteristics and there will be things that you will not know at all when you get into whatever new genre you are pursuing. But you will always have some sort of knowledge, whether it's lighting or composition or just even posing. And so, yeah, I think that's definitely something people should keep in mind if they're interested in pursuing something new. Yeah. And I would say that the hardest parts of some genres, I would say maybe music photography or very technical studio lighting is very technical knowledge. But nowadays with the internet being as big as it is, there are so many resources where you can learn these things And you have your creativity and your view that brings the uniqueness to it. So combine that and then I think you'll be totally fine. Yeah, exactly. 
So you started taking photos at the age of 13, if I'm not mistaken? Yes. Which is pretty young. I started when I was 12. And I know that I wish that I could go back and tell myself a few things back then just to help myself out with photography. Is there anything you wish you had already known at that age in mm -hmm. photography? Um, I'm not entirely sure I would. I always kind of believe that the journey you take is kind of, it makes you who you are, right? What would I have told my 13-year-old self? Oh, maybe I would have told myself to maybe put out a little bit less on the internet or be a little bit more conscious about it. Mm -hmm. I don't regret anything I put out, but it's still a big thing to have your entire history of the past 15 years online publicly. Mm -hmm. No, that's definitely something that I have also not necessarily regretted, but thought about a lot because I've been sharing my work for a long time and I shared a lot of personal stuff online with people yes. and it was not a big audience at all it was just maybe like a few thousand people a few hundred people back then but even then you're just you're like you know these strangers they know so much <laughs> it is a weird feeling yeah and one like bad story that I have about it is that some there was once someone who apparently used my pictures to catfish someone else oh, no. and they used all the things that I put out on the internet like I've never shared any very private information online, but I would share, you know, I've moved to Berlin, I moved there and I started a study and they use these pieces of information to make up their story to the person they were catfishing. And that just terrified me. And then they fill in the gaps with their own complete lies. And I was baffled by that. So yeah, that made me rethink a little bit about sharing things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would definitely make me rethink too. And how did you find out that they were using your pictures? I got an angry message from the victim and mm -hmm. was like, hey, you're not replying to me. And I'm like, I'm sorry, we've never spoken. And it took a little convincing, but then he realized that what was going on. And he told me the story and showed me the conversations. And I apologized on behalf of them. And they turned out to be friends of him. But yeah, it was such a shocking moment for me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I've had some creepy stories as well. Not necessarily people using my face to talk to others, but just people seeing a lot of my life and thinking they knew me very well and just stalkers, you know. Yeah, yeah. The internet is a scary place in some way, but also a really beautiful place because I'm also super, super grateful to meet people like you and like the friends that I've made through photography. I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you just have to have that balance, which is really important. And speaking of starting young, I know that personally for myself, this whole journey of photography, it's been it's so long and so lovely, but it's come with many challenges. And sometimes the biggest challenge is just remaining inspired as a photographer and coming up with fresh ideas that don't feel like they were copied from someone else. So after all of these years, after 15 years of being a photographer, how do you keep your ideas fresh? It's definitely something that I, I struggle with sometimes. So it's a very good question. And especially when it comes to self-portraits, which is still a genre that is very dear to me because it's I just love that way of expressing myself. But sometimes or regularly, actually, I feel like, oh, I'm, you know, here's my face again. Look at that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so then I just really try to push myself out of my comfort zone, do something completely new, use props. Um, last summer, I did a 60 days of 
um, summer self-portrait project and mm-hmm. I doused myself in flour, which was a very bad idea, but I like how the picture came out. <laughs> so I think, yeah, you kind of have to um, push yourself to to really, you know, sometimes people say, oh, you know, inspiration will come to me. But I really believe that you have to go look for inspiration and sometimes it doesn't work, but sometimes really cool things come out of it and you can find it in music and other art in completely different things in just going to a new place or using something new like flower. Don't ever put that in your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I was looking through your pictures yesterday. I was marveling at how beautiful they are. And I did see the one with the flower. And you did mention in the description that it was a bad idea. (laughs) Yeah. But the results were awesome, though. It looks uh, very unusual, very original. But Thank you. I also think that photography is like a relationship that you would have with anybody. If you spend so much time with it, of course, there will be struggles where you maybe don't love it as much as you think you should have at this stage or you feel like it's no longer interesting. But as you said, you have to put effort into it and make sure that you just take time to spend quality time with photography, whether you have awesome results or not. I think eventually you will start to improve your relationship um, if you feel like you're in a creative block or something. Yeah, I love that perspective, actually, because, uh, you know, Loving something is a verb. It's an active thing that you do. And this counts for people and relationships and for for photography as well. I think that's a perfect analogy. I love that. Yeah. I was listening to an interview that was completely unrelated to photography, but it had some elements of just, you know, love and the whole concept of loving. And photography can be categorized as something that you love. And it's it's also a relationship. So you have to. And uh, if there is a moment when there's a hardship and you don't feel like you love it enough you should definitely uh, not give up on it because it's it's definitely worth your time no matter what yes i agree so you are a product designer now that's your job full-time job so it is a world of its own but i think it is very closely related to art because you have to be creative you have to also keep a lot of uh, design elements in mind which can be very similar to photography does your knowledge of design affect the way you take photos um, I think it's affected it in more in a way that I have been working with creativity for such a long time and throughout my days for a long time now, uh, in the sense that that just, you know, you, you practice your creative muscle, mm-hmm. even if it's in different ways, but that helps. I think it probably also changed the way I view colors and compositions, but I do feel that mainly my knowledge about photography and my experience with it and and love towards it or influences my design work um i would say that's more the case than the other way around but yeah they're closely related and i would say for when it comes to um certain things like food photography when i made the cookbook there i really kept design in place because i kept it in my head of you know this is going to be a book and we want the photos to look cohesive but not the same. So I'm trying different layouts of the plate and the cutlery and the food and maybe the setting. And that is where the design knowledge definitely comes in. So actually, yeah, it goes both ways. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's really nice that you can learn from both sides and apply those that knowledge to whatever you're working on in the moment. Yeah. With food photography, I recently wrote an article about 
the best food photography books out there. And so I had to do a lot of research and I have never tried food photography. It's just been random snapshots of food that I like, but it's never been professional. So I was really astounded that there are books on styling, books on making food look as delicious as possible. Like I was really I was fascinated by that. Um, what was the experience like for you taking food photos for the volunteer project? What was the best part of it? Uh, so this was the people that I work with. I really knew them very well. It was a restaurant, a soup restaurant that I lived above. Mm-hmm. And I've worked at the restaurant when I wasn't working, like before I was working in design while I was studying. And um, I am aware of these tricks, like food stylists sometimes use coloring or different ways of preparing food to make it look better in pictures. And that, of course, I had no experience with. So we didn't really do that. But uh, because I lived above the restaurant, we could really go ad hoc when they made the soups and when everything was fresh and they would use fresh vegetables that I could use. And those were generally uncooked and raw, so they would look and not welt and everything. But it was a lot of work and it was quite a a couple of days in, um, not in a row, but throughout a couple of weeks to do this because we didn't want to waste any food. Like this was actual food that people would eat and they make soups in large quantities. So every time that they made a new batch, I would make one picture of that small uh, of one soup. And we've also worked with flowers, which is really fun. You just kind of have to try it out. Sometimes you really want to style the soup, but of course it will fall into the liquid. And then you're like, oh, well, that doesn't look great. (laughs) Yeah. It happens, but it was yeah. so much fun. I, I loved it. It's like, you know, I think many of us have made the Instagram picture of our food that looks really good, mm-hmm. but it was really fun to just dive into it and then get a result of a cookbook out of it. It was really very, very cool. That's brilliant. Sounds like a very exciting project. Yeah. And it was really nice. I mean, like doing volunteering work or doing for something for a charity, I always love that. Like I'm in a privileged position where I make a good living outside of photography, so I can be kind of picky and generous in a way as well with the projects that I take on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really nice perspective to have, especially because, as you said, you do have this privilege where you can dabble in other things and also spend time in photography whenever you like. Yes. Um, Speaking of that, is there any dream project that you have that you would like to volunteer for, no matter how big it is, maybe even outside of where you live right now? I have been thinking more and more about photography that really makes a statement about things that are taboo to speak of. I mean, right now we have, of course, the big Black Lives Matters protests going on. I don't feel like it's my place as a white woman to make a photo project about that. But previously, a big discussion that is still ongoing, I would say, is the topic of female contraceptives and how it's just women who are mostly uh, in charge of not getting pregnant, even though it takes two people to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I have this vision of a series of photography photos with women around this topic. And I would love to be able to do something like that, that really makes a statement about society and hopefully opens people's eyes a little bit about the situation that is going on. Well, that's very meaningful. I really like that. And I would love to see the pictures that you would make inspired by that. Thanks. Um, yeah, I should really do it. <laughs> I should absolutely do it. I'd love to see the photos. Please share them with me. Will do. 
photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialise in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. I think it's great for us as photographers because sometimes uh, we feel like maybe we're not doing enough. Uh, that can be an issue because we we don't feel like we have the right to maybe express ourselves a certain way or we we can't be as effective maybe as somebody in the government, but I don't think that's always true because a photograph, as you said, it can make a statement and it can definitely change people's minds. Somebody might look at your picture and think about something differently and you won't even know about it, but you will have changed the world in a small but significant way. Yeah. And I feel like there are actually a lot of very beautiful examples of how photography can just share stories and open people's eyes and you know you're right like it might not be as actionable as someone in the government and sometimes I struggle with that but just sharing the knowledge and educating people and exposing them to certain things can already help yeah for sure also I really like how vulnerable you are online I mean I know that we've just discussed you being more careful with what you share but I feel like on Flickr you are very in general you've been very open about your struggles as a photographer and you've also shared your achievements being on book covers and other wonderful things that you have pursued and i'm wondering what has been your biggest creative flip failure and what did you learn from it Oof. i'm not sure if i believe in the concept of failure mm-hmm. um but i would say something that i i struggle with most and that i feel like i've definitely let chances go and uh, just in general is being very insecure And being very, like, I have a very difficult time with talking money when it comes to photography. Um, So I think in that sense, you know, I got very lucky with the book covers where they gave me a contract and, and a budget and it was all very clear and I had someone to reach out to to help for that. But I have the hardest time when people come to me with like, hey, I have this idea or I want this, how much would it cost? And there are so many resources and there's no reason why I should feel so uncomfortable with it but I definitely do and I've, I've let chances go because I just didn't feel comfortable doing something about that mm-hmm. no I understand that completely because the photograph you can't really put a price on it I mean it depends on how you see it and how much effort and time it takes and collectively that can be a bit challenging to calculate but it's definitely possible and yeah, thank you for sharing that. I mean, we all have our own struggles, which may or may not make sense to us, but it's important to be aware of them. Yeah, I, and I mean, yeah, this was not really a creative struggle, of course, more than a, a business struggle, but it sometimes influences the choices that you make and how you 
proceed with what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and I think it's, I mean, you, you've mentioned that I've, I'm vulnerable on the internet and I am. And I think it's because I believe that you can help other people by sharing your struggles, you know, especially now in this day and age where so many people just share the absolute highlights of their life. Mm-hmm. I have always connected with people through their art and through them being honest and open. And I want to do the same uh, in my art. Yeah, that's a really beautiful answer. And I think vulnerability is something that is a bit difficult to grasp sometimes because uh, it is in a way scary because all these people will get to read about what's in your heart and, you know, your deepest deepest desires or secrets or whatever it is that you want to share. But ultimately, it is very fulfilling because I can relate to what you said about relating the most to people who share their struggles because for me, it's the same. Once I share something I'm going through, that may not be picture perfect, people immediately respond. They immediately try to relate to me. And that's a really nice feeling. And of course, it is <laughs> scary. And so it's something I've written about many times, but it is definitely worth it. Yeah, it's just you tell other people that they're not alone in their struggles and they pay you back in a way by saying, hey, you're not alone in your struggles either. And I think that's a beautiful way to to connect and yeah, to be human in this world. Yeah, exactly. Because they just see you in pictures. And if they just saw you in photographs, especially in self-portraits, they would have this idea of you and it would be something that could potentially not be realistic a lot at all. I remember when I lived in Cyprus, I would often share photos of the sea and, you know, beautiful places. And I got this uh, message from a stranger who I didn't know at all, but she seemed to be following my work closely. And she said, you're so lucky and privileged and you live in this beautiful place with no problems. And I was really shocked because I was going through a lot of stuff that was really problematic at the time. And it just encouraged me to be more open in that sense with people. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I mean, getting messages like that or hearing something like that really opens your eyes as to how photography frames things. And this can be both good and bad. Um, One of my favorite, much less impactful than your story, but favorite examples was when um, Rona Keller visited me in Amsterdam and we cycled through a little part where I took a photo and I told her like, look, this is where I took that photo where it looks like I'm standing in this big flower field, but actually it's surrounded by three highways. You just don't see it in that picture. And I think that is something that you should always kind of be aware of when you see a photo that like what's going on outside the frame what's going out outside this moment. Um, but it's also the power of photography of being able to just capture something limited in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Rona Keller, she's an incredible photographer. I'd also love to interview her. And I'm, I've seen many photos of you together and over the years, and I've always been inspired. I also always wanted to meet you all and wanted to you know, have a little meetup, a Flickr meetup. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I've missed out on the bigger Flickr meetups, but I, I did meet a couple of people that I met through Flickr and it's it's a very special feeling to meet someone in real life after you've mm-hmm. been following their art for so long because in a way you know them very well and in some way, of course, absolutely not. So it's, it's an interesting experience, but something that I can recommend to anyone. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I've always been a fan of the way you title your images and oftentimes they're inspired by song lyrics. Do you have any other art forms that you draw inspiration from just for photo concepts or titles or anything? Mm, 
when it comes to concepts, I, I do draw a lot from music. Um, there's something about music that gives me a feeling like sometimes it's just it's the melody of a song or sometimes it's just one little lyric that inspires me. But in general, I mean, I as a designer, I look at other art forms anyway, like whether it's paintings or different forms of design or poetry and writing are also very much like in my bookcase right here and everything you know you can draw inspiration from everything I would say and I love seeing how other people express themselves and somewhere sometime that might spark a little piece of inspiration in me and it might take weeks or months before I realize what it is and what what I wanted to express but um yeah I can just say, like, gather all the input that you can and you will find a way to output it yourself in your own way. That's a very meaningful answer. I really like it. So you regularly collaborate with musicians, artists, and other creatives in various industries, which I really like. And you manage to take really good pictures no matter who you photograph. And you mentioned on your website that you prioritize emotions in your work. So... How do you connect with models in a meaningful way so that they feel like they know you and can feel comfortable in front of the camera, even if they've never met you before? Oh, very good question. It's sometimes I, I do find it hard to get that same vulnerability and level of emotion that I have in my self-portraits from other people. But, you know, I think getting a connection with someone is very much dependent on you being open if you are open to them and showing yourself to them i think people typically are willing to show themselves to you so it's never about me laying the law on them i really try to collaborate in a way where we come up with the concepts together and something that they feel resonates with them or makes them happy and I usually try different things within a shoot to see what connects with that person and what gets the best pictures so that it's not just me. It's really a product of the both or multiple of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like a collaboration. and You have to give them something in order for them to give you something back in return. Yeah, Wonderful. exactly. Yeah, that's a nice way to work with models in general. And I feel like that's definitely been my approach as well. When I work with models, I try to... I try to meet with them beforehand and make sure that they know me as a person because it's one thing to know someone's pictures and a completely different thing to know their just their day-to-day -day life and to see them as a normal person who you know does whatever they, they do on a day-to-day -day basis so yeah definitely yeah indeed um so in your opinion what is the best platform for photographers photographers nowadays especially those who want to build a community of people who can support them and give them ideas and feedback Very good question. I mean, we come from the Flickr days where Flickr was a very closely knit community. And I feel like I've been looking for something similar ever since it kind of died out on Flickr. And I haven't quite found it. Um, I'm not entirely sure why. But I feel at the moment when it comes to community, Facebook groups are one of the strongest ones out there. I mean, I'm not a, a big fan of using Facebook, but I love Facebook groups because it's just such an easy way to share content and keep that conversation going and feeling close to people. Yeah. Um, and then 
I mean, Instagram a little bit, of course, but it's it's a little less of a conversation. Sometimes it's more of a show and tell mm-hmm. where Facebook groups feels very much like a, a proper community. Yeah, because on Facebook, you usually post uh, directly from your personal account and people can check you out and see that there's more to you than your show reel. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Instagram is more, as you said. It's more show and tell, and I definitely agree. And there's really no opportunity to have actual conversations, whereas Facebook is more just designed for that, for conversations. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, Instagram, of course, you can now reply to people in comments, but it's still, it gets really messy right away, and it's hard to see who replies to what. And yeah, Facebook just handles that a little bit better. I mean, Flickr didn't handle that at all back in the day. You could reply to people, but you would like mention them and your reply would be far away. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's kind of a mystery to me how Flickr became the community it became. But I think a lot of things went into it from the timing to who was online back then to everyone. Like, or at least like our sort of small community where a lot of us did Project 365s where we took photos every day and we shared a lot of our personal lives and this was before everyone was broadcasting on the internet. And I think it's definitely changed the dynamic of these types of communities and sharing pictures also because now everyone can have a good quality camera, basically. And back then it was a bit different. Yeah, back then it was um, kind of a rarity to have a DSLR even. And it was this tight-knit community, as you said, and I think the whole essence of it was that people were very young and like our group of photographers, however many there were, we were all a specific age and we could all relate to each other. And it was just like a small little group of people. And it was interesting to be a part of that for sure. Yeah. It's sad that it has died down, of course, but I think it's, you know, there are many more platforms right now and there is always an opportunity to find a community somewhere, whether it's a Facebook group or even on Instagram, like whatever works for you, I'm sure you'll find something, but yeah, I wish Flickr were a thing now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been thinking about it a lot, like why is it so different now? And I believe that part of it is that back then you could barely monetize on something that you shared on the internet, whereas now becoming an Instagram influencer is an actual goal that people have. It's just a very different thing where back then it seemed like everyone was creating just to create and to connect. And now you still have people doing that, but also people who are just doing it for the money or the fame or just for showing their life. And the pressures of showing yourself on social media are just totally different. Uh, of course, like TikTok is one of these newer networks that has been coming up and photographers on there are doing really fun stuff, showing making ofs and things. So that could actually be maybe a new good community in the future. Yeah, potentially. I think TikTok is definitely, it's one of the most popular apps in the world right now. It's blowing up. And it has something for everybody. Exactly. I have to check it out because it has really funny stuff, really meaningful stuff, uh, educational things for their activists and just uh, young people just so that they're more aware of their rights, which is awesome. And then there's just a lot of stuff for photographers. So as you said, it could maybe be something that could inspire people who are listening. Yeah. TikTok, it doesn't have to be this thing that is addicting or makes you feel bad about yourself. It could maybe help you build your own community. Exactly. So my last question for you is, uh, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? 
Cool. Very good question. Um, honestly, I would, I mean, we've spoken about different genres now and you've mentioned that I do a lot of different things and it's definitely something that I sometimes struggle with, but also really love doing is doing different things. And right now, one of my bigger aspirations that I have is to create a beautiful print collection of landscape photography that I've recently been doing. Um, it's not so much landscape as it is cityscape, um, but just very quiet, colorful pictures. And to get those as prints that people can hang up in their homes and create something physical again. It's been a while since I've created something that is that you can hold on to. And I would love to explore a little bit more around creating physical products again. That's a very beautiful answer. And the city photos that you were referring to, are they already on the website? Because I did see some pictures of uh, buildings that I thought were incredibly beautiful. Thank you. And yeah, they are under the travel section, I think I call them. Yes. Yeah, because I saw them recently and I was blown away because I've only seen the portrait side of your work usually. Uh, now being exposed to this completely new genre that you're pursuing and pursuing so successfully is very refreshing and very inspiring. Thank you. Okay, Nuka, thank you so much for taking your time to talk to me today. And I hope that the listeners learn something new and are very inspired by you because I definitely am. Thank you so much. I really love talking to you and I would love to hear more about your stories, but I'll just be tuning into the podcast to hear more about your perspectives because I love them. Awesome. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I really liked talking to Nuka about her journey, and I hope you enjoyed listening to this interview as much as I enjoyed participating in it. It's really surreal to imagine that I was once just a fan of hers, and I was very new to photography. And now, over a decade later, we actually had a conversation for a podcast. It's really interesting how things work out that way, and I hope this encourages you to keep on going you will eventually grow and be fruitful in whatever it is that you're pursuing. So just remember that even if you're 10 years into photography, even if you're just a month into photography, there will be struggles, but there will always be a way out and a solution. And as long as you maintain a healthy relationship with your own work and stay true to yourself, there will always be a solution. If you have any suggestions or recommendations for photographers for us to interview in the future, please feel free to send me an email or join our private Facebook group. We'd be happy to see you there. Talk soon. There's a simple reason why photographycourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.